for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Hello everyone, welcome to Living Life. Now we're going to take a look at the last part of Psalm 18, which could be standing in contrast to the first part of it, but also could be expanding the thought that we saw in the first part of Psalm 18. Uh, so as we take a look, we're going to see how God preps His beloved David uh, so that he could go into battle trusting the Lord just like we would prep our children to go to school, just uh, packing him lunch, I mean, giving him things to uh, write in order to study and fight against those times of temptation, wanting to get out of school. But I just gave you a basic illustration. But we all stand as parents and also father or especially leaders, uh, just prepping other people so that they could go into battle. That imagery is found in today's passage. And through that, we see how God's character plays out into every one of us as we fight our own battles in life. So let's take a look at today's passage and meditate this last part of Psalm 18 together. Psalm chapter 18, verses 32 through 50. It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You make your saving help my shield, and your right hand sustains me. Your help has made me great. You provide a broad path for my feet, so that my ankles do not give way. I pursued my enemies and overtook them. I did not turn back till they were destroyed. I crushed them so that they could not rise. They fell beneath my feet. You armed me with strength for battle. You humbled my adversaries before me. You made my enemies turn their backs in flight, and I destroyed my foes. They cried for help, but there was no one to save them. To the Lord, but he did not answer. I beat them as fine as wind-blown dust. I trampled them like mud in the streets. You have delivered me from the attacks of the people. You have made me the head of nations. People I did not know now serve me. Foreigners cower before me. As soon as they hear of me, they obey me. They all lose heart. They come trembling from their strongholds. The Lord lives. Praise be to my rock. Exalted be God my Savior. He is the God who avenges me, who subdues nations under me, who saves me from my enemies. You exalted me above my foes. From a violent man you rescued me. Therefore I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing the praises of your name. He gives his king great victories. He shows unfailing love to his anointed, to David, and to his descendants forever. Now we saw before in the first part of Psalm 18, the dramatic theophany 
that God showed us through David's poem. And it was a response to his cry for help. In his distress, he cried to the Lord. And the Lord heard him in his temple and responded by coming down to fight against the enemy dramatically. Now, that is illustrated in details in a parallel sense in verse 32 all the way to 39. It seems like uh, David has actually fought the battle, imagining that God was helping him, which is true, in fact, assisting him to battle with all the things that he needed in order to uh, take that victory. Now, we see in today's verses the very verbs that he's described how God prepared him. And he also dramatically illustrated in the first part of Psalm as God coming down from heaven to battle for him. Now, these are the verbs. Uh, verbs. 34, it says, He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. And 33, it says, He causes me to stand on heights by making his feet feel like uh, the, the deer's. Now, these are the characters where, where, I mean, you could fight on the cliff. Now, you need the arrows and the bow because you're fighting in distance against your enemies. So we saw that he is especially uh, fighting in the fortress area, the cliffs, the rock, because those are rocky areas where you need the feet like uh, deer. Why? They have the special uh, feet where they could climb and walk and navigate. Now, he felt like God was giving him the ability to fight in the cliff, cliff area against his enemy. Now, these sometimes you can be trained. Uh, you can actually train in cliffs uh, as a military personnel, uh, just you know, working on the bow uh, to fight in distance. But he traces this gift and ability and skill set from God. Why? Because it was based on his confession as we saw in the first part of Psalm 18. Everything comes from the Lord. Even though he has the ability and the skill set and a mighty warrior ability, I don't know, he was a mighty warrior after all, but he draws all his ability. He finds his true nature in God only. That's why the first part of Psalm 18 is especially important because this part, 32 to 39, is an expansion of that illustration we found in the first part. In realistic sense, he was the one who was actually fighting the battle. But as we saw in the confession, it was God who was fighting for him. He was simply being equipped and empowered and given the skills to fight the enemies. So the next uh, verbs, like sustains me, provide me, uh, and he was able to crush the enemy, and etc., etc. But most important, uh, you humble my adversaries before me. As we see in the last part of 39, he directs his attention to God again. Because he knows that it was God who fought the battle for him. He was simply there, equipped with God's given skill set in order to carry out the fight. And now, the verses that stands in contrast to the first part is found in verse 40, 41. You made my enemies turn their backs in flight, and I destroyed my foes. They cried for help, but there was no one to save them. To the Lord, but he did not answer. We saw in the first part where David cried out to the Lord in distress, and God heard his cry. But here, we see a contrast. 
the enemies cry out for help, whether they were unbelievers or, or, or uh, Jews or, or Israelites. It didn't matter. Those were the people who did not trust it in God's nature and character and followed his command. Just like every part of Psalm would say, they are the wicked. They do not follow the laws of God. And here they stand punished and condemned. And God does not listen to their cry. Why? Because it is He who fights against His enemy, who stands rebellious to His commands, who stands against the very nature of God, and there God does not listen. Please carefully imprint this into your heart. I'm not saying that we should just copy what David did, but rather look at the very confession that uh, what David testifies. Uh, God does not listen to your cry for help if you do not follow and love His command. That is the very foundation that we must understand because for those who trust in Him, God displays His grace of salvation, which we see in the following verses. And there, God displays His love for His people, His beloved ones, as we see in verse 49 and 50. Let me read it for you. Therefore, I will praise you, Lord, among the nations, I will sing the praises of your name. He gives his king great victories. He shows unfailing love to his anointed, to David, and to his descendants forever. Now, David said, I love you, Lord, my strength. Here, God is expressing his love to his beloved one by being faithful to his word, by protecting him, by giving him victories, by loving his descendants forever. So as we close Psalm 18, we go back to the chiastic structure I mentioned a few days ago. We saw the center point of this passage where it draws upon the goodness of God, explaining how good God is to his faithful people. And from there, we saw the experiences that David encapsulated that finest verse that he expressed in the middle. And there, in the outside, he expresses his love. And in the end, he describes how God loves him, and him only, but also his descendants forever. There, we find this very essence of his confession in this poetry, where God is good, and he's the one that trains us and equips us and gives us salvation and the testimony so that we could express our praise in love. There we find this relationship, this covenant, and this lasting ordinance that leads us to life in God. Let us pray. Father Lord, thank you for your grace and salvation. Let that be the motivation of our life in following your commands before you. I ask this in your Son's name. Amen. Sing your soul, lifting your burden, and stepping in closer. See Jesus.